0: Story 10 of Christmas Stories by Charles Dickens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story 10 The Perils of Certain English Prisoners. Part 4. Who were they? The barbarous pirates, scum of all nations, headed by such men as the hideous little Portuguese monkey, and the one eyed English convict with the gash across his face that ought to have gashed his wicked head off? the worst men in the world picked out from the worst to do the cruellest and most atrocious deeds that ever stained it the howling murdering black flag waving mad and drunken crowd of devils that had overcome us by numbers and by treachery no these were englishmen in english boats good blue jackets and red coats marines that i knew myself and sailors that knew our seamen at the helm of the first boat captain carton eager and steady at the helm of the second boat captain marion brave and bold at the helm of the third boat an old seaman with determination carved into his watchful face like the figurehead of a ship every man doubly and trebly armed from head to foot every man lying to at his work with a will that had all his heart and soul in it every man looking out for any trace of friend or enemy and burning to be the first to do good or avenge evil every man with his face on fire when he saw me his countryman who had been taken prisoner and hailed me with cheer as captain carton's boat ran in and took me on board i reported all escaped sir all well all safe all here god bless me and god bless them what a cheer it turned me weak as i was passed on from hand to hand to the stern of the boat every hand patting me or grasping me in some way or other in the moment of my going by hold up my brave fellow says captain carton clapping me on the shoulder like a friend and giving me a flask put your lips to that and they'll be red again now boys give way the banks flew by us as if the mightiest stream that ever ran was with us, and so it was, I am sure, meaning the stream to those men's ardour and spirit. The banks flew by us, and we came sight of the rafts. The banks flew by us, and we came alongside of the rafts. The banks stopped, and there was a tumult of laughing and crying and kissing and shaking of hands, and catching up of children and setting of them down again and a wild hurry of thankfulness and joy that melted every one and softened all hearts i had taken notice in captain carton's boat that there was a curious and quite new sort of fitting on board it was a kind of a little bower made of flowers and it was set up behind the captain and betwixt him and the rudder not only was this arbour so to call it neatly made of flowers but it was ornamented in a singular way some of the men had taken the ribbons and buckles off their hats and hung them among the flowers others had made festoons and streamers of their handkerchiefs and hung them there others had intermixed such trifles as bits of glass and shining fragments of lockets and tobacco-boxes with the flowers so that altogether it was a very bright and lovely object in the sunshine but why there or what for i did not understand now as soon as the first bewilderment was over captain carton gave the order to land for the present but this boat of his with two hands left in her immediately put off again when the men were out of her and kept off some yards from the shore as she floated there with the two hands gently backing water to keep her from going down the stream this pretty little arbor attracted many eyes none of the boat's crew however had anything to say about it except that it was the captain's fancy the captain with the women and children clustering round him and the men of all ranks grouped outside them and all listening stood telling how the expedition deceived by its bad intelligence had chased the light pirate boats all that fatal night and had still followed in their wake next day and had never suspected until many hours too late that the great pirate body had drawn off in the darkness when the chase began and shot over to the island he stood telling how the expedition supposing the whole array of armed boats to be ahead of it got tempted into shallows and went aground but not without having its revenge upon the two decoy boats both of which it had come up with overhand and sent to the bottom with all on board he stood telling how the expedition fearing then that the case stood as it did got afloat again by great exertion after the loss of four more tides and returned to the island where they found the sloop scuttled and the treasure gone he stood telling how my officer lieutenant linderwood was left upon the island with as strong a force as could be got together hurriedly from the mainland and how the three boats we saw before us were manned and armed and had come away exploring the coast and inlets in search of any tidings of us he stood telling all this with his face to the river and as he stood telling it the little arbour of flowers floated in the sunshine before all the faces there leaning on captain carton's shoulder between him and miss marion was mrs fisher her head drooping on her arm she asked him without raising it when he had told so much whether he had found her mother be comforted she lies said the captain gently under the cocoanut trees on the beach and my child captain carton did you find my child too does my darling rest with my mother no your pretty child sleeps said the captain under a shade of flowers his voice shook but there was something in it that struck all the hearers At that moment there sprung from the arbour in his boat a little creature clapping her hands and stretching out her arms and crying, Dear Papa, dear Mama, I am not killed, I am saved, I am coming to kiss you. Take me to them, take me to them, good kind sailors. Nobody who saw that scene has ever forgotten it, I am sure, or ever will forget it. The child had kept quite still, where her brave grandmamma had put her, first whispering in her ear, "'Whatever happens to me, do not stir, my dear,' and had remained quiet until the fort was deserted. She had then crept out of the trench and gone into her mother's house, and there, alone on the solitary island, in her mother's room, and asleep on her mother's bed, the captain had found her." nothing could induce her to be parted from him after he took her up in his arms and he had brought her away with him and the men had made the bower for her to see those men now was a sight the joy of the women was beautiful the joy of those women who had lost their own children was quite sacred and divine but the ecstasies of captain carton boat crew when their pet was restored to her parents were wonderful for the tenderness they showed in the midst of roughness as the captain stood with the child in his arms and the child's own little arms now clinging round his neck now round her father's now round her mother's now round some one who had pressed up to kiss her the boat's crew shook hands with one another waved their hats over their heads laughed sang cried danced and all among themselves without wanting to interfere with anybody in a manner never to be represented at last i saw the coxswain and another two very hard-faced men with grizzled heads who had been the hardiest of the hardy all along close with one another get each of them the other's head under his arm and pommel away at it with his fist as hard as he could in his excess of joy when we had well rested and refreshed ourselves and very glad we were to have some of the heartening things to eat and drink that had come up in the boats we recommenced our voyage down the river rafts and boats and all i said to myself it was a very different kind of voyage now from what it had been and i fell into my proper place and station among my fellow-soldiers but when we halted for the night i found that miss marion had spoken to captain carton concerning me for the captain came straight up to me and says he my brave fellow you have been miss marion's bodyguard all along and you shall remain so nobody shall supersede you in the distinction and pleasure of protecting that young lady i thanked his honour in the fittest words i could find and that night i was placed on my old post of watching the place where she slept more than once in the night i saw captain carton come out into the air and stroll about there to see that all was well i have now this other singular confession to make that i saw him with a heavy heart yes i saw him with a heavy heavy heart in the daytime i had the like post in captain carton's boat i had a special station of my own behind miss marion and no hands but hers ever touched my wound it has been healed these many long years but no other hands have ever touched it mr portage was kept tolerably quiet now with pen and ink and began to pick up his senses a little seated in the second boat he made documents with mr kitten pretty well all day and he generally handed in a protest about something whenever we stopped the captain however made so very light of these papers that it grew into a saying among the men when one of them wanted a match for his pipe hand us over a protest jack as to mrs portage she still wore the nightcap and she now had cut all the ladies on account of her not having been formally and separately rescued by captain carton before anybody else the end of mr portage to bring to an end all i know about him was that he got great compliments at home for his conduct on these trying occasions and that he died of yellow jaundice a governor and a K.C.B. sergeant Druse had fallen from a high fever into a low one tom packer the only man who could have pulled the sergeant through it kept hospital aboard the old raft and mrs beltot as brisk as ever again but the spirit of that little woman when things tried it was not equal to appearances was head nurse under his directions before we got down to the mosquito coast the joke had been made by one of our men that we should see her gazetted mrs tom packer Vice Beltot exchanged. When we reached the coast, we got native boats as substitutes for the rafts, and we rowed along under the land, and in that beautiful climate and upon that beautiful water the blooming days were like enchantment. Ah, they were running away faster than any sea or river, and there was no tide to bring them back. WE WERE COMING VERY NEAR THE SETTLEMENT WHERE THE PEOPLE OF SILVERSTORE WERE TO BE LEFT, AND FROM WHICH WE MARINES WERE UNDER ORDERS TO RETURN TO BELIZE. CAPTAIN CARTON HAD IN THE BOAT, BY HIM, A CURIOUS long barreled SPANISH GUN, AND HE HAD SAID TO MISS MARION ONE DAY THAT IT WAS THE BEST OF GUNS, AND HAD TURNED HIS HEAD TO ME AND SAID, GIL DAVIS, LOAD HER FRESH WITH A COUPLE OF SLUGS, AGAINST A CHANCE OF SHOWING HOW GOOD SHE IS. So I had discharged the gun over the sea, and had loaded her according to orders, and there it had lain at the captain's feet, convenient to the captain's hand. The last day but one of our journey was an uncommonly hot day. We started very early, but there was no cool air on the sea as the day got on, and by noon the heat was really hard to bear, considering that there were women and children to bear it now we happened to open just at that time a very pleasant little cove or bay where there was a deep shade from a great growth of trees now the captain therefore made the signal to the other boats to follow him in and lie for a while the men who were off duty went ashore and lay down but were ordered for caution's sake not to stray and to keep within view the others rested on their oars and dozed Awnings had been made of one thing and another in all the boats, and the passengers found it cooler to be under them in the shade, when there was room enough, than to be in the thick woods. So the passengers were all afloat and mostly sleeping. I kept my post behind Miss Marion, and she was on Captain Carton's right in the boat, and Mrs. Fisher sat on her right again. The captain had Mrs. Fisher's daughter on his knee. He and the two ladies were talking about the pirates, and were talking softly, partly because people do talk softly under such indolent circumstances, and partly because the little girl had gone off asleep. I think I have before given it out for my lady to write down that Captain Carton had a fine bright eye of his own. All at once he darted me a side look as much as to say, "'Steady, don't take on, I see something,' and gave the child into her mother's arms that eye of his was so easy to understand that i obeyed it by not so much as looking either to the right or to the left out of a corner of my own or changing my attitude the least trifle the captain went on talking in the same mild and easy way but began with his arms resting across his knees and his head a little hanging forward as if the heat were rather too much for him began to play with the spanish gun they had laid their plans you see says the captain taking up the spanish gun across his knees and looking lazily at the inlaying on the stock with a great deal of art and the corrupt or blundering local authorities were so easily deceived he ran his left hand idly along the barrel but i saw with my breath held that he covered the action of cocking the gun with his right so easily deceived that they summoned us out to come into the trap but my intention as to future operations in a flash the spanish gun was at his bright eye and he fired all started up innumerable echoes repeated the sound of the discharge a cloud of bright colored birds flew out of the woods screaming a handful of leaves were scattered in the place where the shot had struck a crackling of branches was heard and some lithe but heavy creature sprang into the air and fell forward, head down, over the muddy bank. "'What is it?' cries Captain Marion from his boat, all silent then, but the echoes rolling away. "'It is a traitor and a spy,' said Captain Carton, handing me the gun to load again, and I think the other name of the animal is Christian George King. Shot through the heart.' Some of the people ran round to the spot and drew him out, with the slime and wet trickling down his face, but his face itself would never stir any more to the end of time. Leave him hanging to that tree, cried Captain Carton, his boat's crew giving way and he leaping ashore, but first into this wood every man in his place, and boats, out of gunshot, It was a quick change well meant and well made though it ended in disappointment no pirates were there no one but the spy was found it was supposed that the pirates unable to retake us and expecting a great attack upon them to be the consequence of our escape had made from the ruins in the forest taken to their ship along with the treasure and left the spy to pick up what intelligence he could in the evening we went away and he was left hanging to the tree all alone with the red sun making a kind of a dead sunset on his black face next day we gained the settlement on the mosquito coast for which we were bound having stayed there to refresh seven days and having been much commended and highly spoken of and finally entertained we marines stood under orders to march from the town gate it was neither much of a town nor much of a gate at five in the morning my officer had joined us before then when we turned out at the gate all the people were there in the front of them all those who had been our fellow prisoners and all the seamen davis says lieutenant linderwood stand out my friend i stood out from the ranks and miss marion and captain carton came up to me dear davis said miss marion while the tears fell fast down her face your grateful friends in most unwillingly taking leave of you ask the favour that while you bear away with you their affectionate remembrance which nothing can ever impair you will also take this purse of money far more valuable to you we all know for the deep attachment and thankfulness with which it is offered than for its own contents though we hope those may prove useful to you in after life i got out in answer that i thankfully accepted the attachment and affection but not the money captain carton looked at me very attentively and stepped back and moved away i made him my bow as he stepped back to thank him for being so delicate no miss said i i think it would break my heart to accept of money but if you could condescend to give to a man so ignorant and common as myself any little thing you have worn such as a bit of ribbon she took a ring from her finger and put it in my hand and she rested her hand in mine while she said these words the brave gentlemen of old but not one of them was braver or had a nobler nature than you took such gifts from ladies and did all their good actions for the giver's sakes if you will do yours for mine i shall think with pride that i continue to have some share in the life of a gallant and generous man for the second time in my life she kissed my hand i made so bold for the first time as to kiss hers and i tied the ring at my breast and i fell back to my place then the horse litter went out at the gate with sergeant druce in it and the horse litter went out at the gate with mrs Beltot in it and lieutenant linderwood gave the word of command quick march and cheered and cried for we went out of the gate too marching along the level plain towards the serene blue sky as if we were marching straight to heaven when i have added here that the pirate scheme was blown to shivers by the pirate ship which had the treasure on board being so vigorously attacked by one of his majesty's cruisers among the west india keys and being so swiftly boarded and carried that nobody suspected anything about the scheme until three-fourths of the pirates were killed and the other fourth were in irons and the treasure was recovered I come to the last singular confession I have got to make. It is this. I well knew what an immense and hopeless distance there was between me and Miss Marion. I well knew that I was no fitter company for her than I was for the angels. I well knew that she was as high above my reach as the sky over my head, and yet I loved her what put it in my low heart to be so daring or whether such a thing ever happened before or since as that a man so uninstructed and obscure as myself got his unhappy thoughts lifted up to such a height while knowing very well how presumptuous and impossible to be realised they were i am unable to say still the suffering to me was just as great as if i had been a gentleman i suffered agony agony i suffered hard and i suffered long i thought of her last words to me however and i never disgraced them if it had not been for those dear words i think i should have lost myself in despair and recklessness the ring will be found lying on my heart of course and will be laid with me wherever i am laid i am getting on in years now though i am able and hearty I was recommended for promotion, and everything was done to reward me that could be done. But my total want of all learning stood in my way, and I found myself so completely out of the road to it that I could not conquer any learning, though I tried. I was long in the service, and I respected it, and was respected in it, and the service is dear to me at this present hour.' at this present hour when i give this out to my lady to be written down all my old pain has softened away and i am as happy as a man can be at this present fine old country-house of admiral sir george carton baronet it was my lady carton who herself sought me out over a great many miles of the wide world and found me in hospital wounded and brought me here it is my lady carton who writes down my words my lady was miss marion and now that i conclude what i had to tell i see my lady's honored gray hair droop over her face as she leans a little lower at her desk and i fervently thank her for being so tender as i see she is towards the past pain and trouble of her poor old faithful humble soldier End of story 10, part 4